So let me ask you this real quick. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick between Andre 3000's uh, Love Below and Kanye West's 808s and Heartbreaks, which one would you pick? That's the better that's the better album. Oh man. I'm trying to do this as unbiased as possible. Um I don't know. I think I still say the little below. Really? Yeah. Just because that's like I think it's like the sound I'm used to, because I'm like I'm from the South. And so that's like the kind of sound that like gets me moving. Not to say the eight oh eights and heartbreaks was bad, heartbreaks were bad, but I don't know. Just like when I think of albums that like were part of my life, The Love Below mm-hmm. is one of those albums. Well, that makes sense. I can I can live with that. Anyways, this is the uh, community podcast. Welcome back. We are a uh, double gated community talking life, culture, music, racism, anime, sports, and other things. Uh, we're on the Kids Wear Crowns podcast collective. Uh, you can check us out. Check us out there also. Also, make sure to check out the uh, Reduce Launch podcast, the Interstellar podcast, the Sports and Bullshit podcast. Uh, check out Trill T at Drink Trill T on Twitter. Uh, Street Wolf usually handles the uh, production on this here podcast. So shout out to him. Shout out to El Chapo. Shout out to South Breeze. And uh, you guys should all recognize the voice I was speaking earlier. She's a reoccurring i don't even want to call her a guest anymore because she's been on so many times but it's rev from the uh in between the lines podcast i'm like bro man from the fifth floor like every once in a while i just come through for a little sandwich you know not major (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh right now we're uh, as we're recording this game two of the nba finals is going on uh right now the uh, raptors are up on the Warriors in the second quarter. Uh, I don't, I mean, it's kind of late to, to give a prediction. I'm not going to ask you who do you think is going to win the series, mm-hmm. but what do you think the most important thing is for, well, you know what? Nah, I'm not even going to do that. What do you think KD is thinking right now? Because right now the Warriors are down by nine points in the second quarter. I How do you think, think that- Kevin Durant is feeling? He's probably like, man, I could be productive, but he's probably also already in free agency mode. So there's like that double-edged sword of like, man, I could be out here really helping the team, but also like, where am I going next season? So I don't know. I've already, I thought before I said, I don't know if we'll see him before game four. So I still don't think we'll see him before game four. Yeah, if we don't see him before game four, the way this game is going, there might not be any other games after game four. Might not be. <laughs> I mean, I I really don't foresee like Toronto sweeping the Golden State War. Like that would be out of control. That's like the Bulls going on their, you know, going for their fifth championship in six years and then getting swept by a team. Like right. that would that's that doesn't it doesn't seem possible, right? It just like I'm I'm doing double duty right now, so I'm doing this and, and watching the game on mute. It just seems I'm like the, the yeah the Raptors are. They just have them out of sorts. They're moving fast. They're moving quick. Um, defensively, they're they're keeping up. They're matching the pace. So, like you said, I don't see the Warriors being swept at all. But I, if they don't make the adjustments or get Kevin Durant back, <laughs> which I was one of those people that's like, the Warriors don't play better or worse basketball without Kevin Durant. They just play different basketball. But now you see how vital Kevin Durant is to this team. So, 
And people would always like come back at Kevin Durant like, oh, why would you join the team? They won 73 games. They've won. Well, at that point, they only had one championship when he, he got there. And I feel like, especially in the finals, when the game slows down, you get into the half court, defenses are there. No one's going to be surprised by the plays that you're running. And you get into the half court, outside of Steph Curry, like, who do you really trust to get a shot on their own? Like, right now, Clay Thompson's having one of his Clay Thompson games, but I don't know how much you can rely on that from him. And Steph Curry's shot isn't really falling right now. Like, obviously, by the end of this podcast, he'll probably have, like, 40 points, like, you know, 40 points in the fourth quarter, something crazy. But these are the types of games where, when your offense is stalling out, you need a seven-foot guy that can hit any shot from anywhere. Like, it just makes the game easier for you. Right. They're being outworked on the boards. They, yes. um, they're um, jacking up shots like crazy. Like, it's just they're not getting anything moving for them. And it's the Warriors. Um, you expect them to be better in the third quarter particularly. But um, yes. I don't, they're, they definitely look out of sorts. And it's, it's two games on Toronto's home court. Toronto's good on their home court. You expect – you expect teams to win on their home court, but that's not to say that they look like they have the Warriors a little off their game. And it's kind of odd to, to even suggest that the uh, the Warriors haven't really faced any adversity. Yeah, not like the first the first championship run, like the Cavs, just they all fell apart. Like every player but LeBron got hurt, and they won that game in six. The next year. A lot of things happened, but they were up three one, and they you yep. know they ended up losing that series. And then the next two years, they brought in Kevin Durant. But right, right now, like Toronto is slowing A this really game down, team. dragging them in the mud. Like if if Golden State goes down two zero, they've never been in that position before in the finals. So I'd be curious to see how they handle it as a team. Definitely. And everyone was saying, well, a lot of the sport pundits were saying, oh well, guard. Kawhi Leonard make everybody else score, but like it's proven to be a little difficult to guard Kawhi Leonard. So I don't know if that's the best game plan. I hope they do make the adjustments. Uh, I don't know. It'd just be disappointing to see this this end in a sweep. Uh, I don't think it'll end in a sweep. Will it end in five four one? Maybe it could end in five games, but I just don't see it ending in a sweep. I see Golden State winning at least one on their home floor. Yeah, for sure. I, and they're they're not they they changed the the finals format back to two two. Like two at home, two on the road, right? And then one and one. Back, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I remember when it was like two, three, two. I hate it. That, right. I, that didn't make that made no sense to me. I don't know why yeah. they would do that. I, I hate was that. the worst. So yeah, I mean, this game has still still has a lot in it, but you can tell for anybody that's currently watching this and, and listening back uh, tomorrow, it's just you can tell the Warriors are a little off their game. And this isn't just a Kevin Durant is missing thing. I think the Warriors would have been off their game if Kevin Durant was on the floor. I kind of, well, I don't know. Because if you, you have someone like Kevin Durant, like he just changes everything. You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're not relying on Steph to go out and put up a lot of shots when you have someone like Kevin Durant out there. And I just, at, no, yeah. go ahead. I just think was, the Warriors are having <laughs> defensive issues. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I think the Warriors are having a little, a uh, little bit of, ish, a little bit of hard time guarding on the other end of the floor. So they're having some defensive issues that uh, that need more than some firepower on offense. They also need to hunker down on defense as well. 
Yeah, and when did Kevin Kevin Durant went out against uh, Houston? He went out in uh, game five, or five, game four, four or five. Was, yeah. So he missed you know two games in that series. Then he missed four games against Portland, and uh-huh. now he's missed two games, and he's probably not going to play in game three. Uh, right. I I'm for one, I'm curious to how severe this calf injury is and if it's a thing where he is holding himself out to preserve himself for next season, or if the team is like, Hey, you're just not ready. Like I'd be curious to know the actual answers to that question. Yeah, and unfortunately it's probably something we'll never get or we'll get like two seasons down the road where we look back at this whatever happens with the Warriors, say they do get swept. We look back at the season like what happened to the Warriors? And we might find out, oh, Kevin Durant was focused on free agency and keeping his body intact for free agency. Even though, like, who's not going to take the chance on Kevin Durant? But Oh, for sure. Like, if Kevin Durant is injured and he wants to sign with my team for the max, I'm giving him the max. Right. Like, He'll He's going to be fine. <laughs> take a year off, bro. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. We'll be here. Right. That so, money is guaranteed. I hope he's not holding himself out for that. But, uh... Uh, we we wouldn't we wouldn't know. No, and it's also going to be tough. It's people just assume that you know because you're an NBA player, you can just show up after not playing for what's he? He's been down for almost a month. It feels like yeah, he's it's not going to just be able weeks. to yeah, he's not just going to be able to show up and be a hundred percent Kevin Durant. His his wind is not going to be there. His conditioning is probably not going to be up up to par. And then you have to face someone like Kawhi. Like that's not an easy task to ask for somebody. Right. You can't just like he's. They're saying he's not even practicing yet. He's not even in contact practice. So Gee, that's bad. That's bad. There's no way you're just getting. You've gone through a calf strain. No matter the severity, you're not just jumping on the court with no practice. You're not warm. You're not just. Oh, I, I need to play in the finals. Like there's some build up to that. And honestly. Andre Iguodala probably shouldn't be playing, and DeMarcus Cousins shouldn't be playing, but they needed bodies on the floor. And it, it's better to force, or not force, but better to see, like, hey, Boogie, are you a little, are you closer to 100% than try to get Kevin Durant out there? And what if he does stay, but he's aggravated a calf in, uh, injury that keeps him out the first half of the season? So they've got a lot of guys on the court that are uh, uh, a little banged up, but you'd rather take Andre Iguodala's banged up than Kevin Durant's banged up. For sure, and I probably wouldn't even be playing. I, I wouldn't have started Boogie Cousins because no, he's not already, at all. He's got fouls in the first quarter, so he's I, he's a he's a big man with uh, with a leg injury and trying to defend the paint, defend on pick and roll. It's it's going to be a lot harder for him. And not only is he a big man with a recent leg inju- injury, he's a a big man with an Achilles injury from the previous season, and a big man with a lot of miles on him from a seat from his work in Sacramento. So he's not the Demarcus Cousins that came out of Kentucky all those years ago. Like this is a a much more uh, gimpy, slow Demarcus Cousins. And the thing is, I I honestly I do feel I feel really bad for Boogie because he literally signed with Golden State for the minimum. The only reason he signed there is to win a championship and right. to hopefully put himself on display to get a max contract. And, and honestly, that's what I thought this season was going to be for him. I thought he'd come in, he contribute, make, you know, get like 12 to 15 points a game, eight rebounds, prove himself defensively because Warriors Lucy are good for being a top five defensive team, mm-hmm. get his championship, and then, you know, sign with the Magic for a max contract or some, some, some loser team. But you know, get your ring and then get your money. And now I, 
I don't think he's going to get offered a max contract wherever no. he goes. I think we've seen, um, unfortunately, Boogie, uh, I won't say wasted, but a lot of his, his best years are spending a Sacramento team that was never good. And he moved to New Orleans, got hurt, had an uh, injury-plagued uh, playoffs for him. And he just – I don't know if we'll see the same DeMarcus Cousins that was dominant against, no. you know, the, his opponents in Sacramento, unfortunately. And I'm a DeMarcus Cousins fan. And uh, yes. I don't know if we'll see him be DeMarcus Cousins again, which is unfortunate. And and honestly, I, I get annoyed when I see stuff like that. When I see um, <coughs> players players with great talent right. just get wasted by incompetence by their franchises, like mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. People are getting mad at him for wanting to get out of uh, New Orleans. No, like, I who, don't blame who, him. Who have they put around him? They had a top five player. They gave him one year of Boogie Cousins, like at the end of you know you know. It took them, what, six years for them to pair him up with Boogie Cousins? You look at someone like Kimba Walker. Who was Michael Jordan put put around Kimba Walker? Like, I think Kimba will sign, re-sign with uh, Charlotte because they have the most money. And, I mean, it's going to be hard for him to turn down that kind of money. But right, because he's not going to get it anywhere else. Yeah, he's not going to get that kind of money anywhere else. But, like, even, even like, a team like the Knicks, like, do, do they deserve a top pick? Because – what have they gotten right? They've been messing up. They're, a lot of these incompetent teams just keep screwing up people's careers. And I I just, it's it, it bugs me to see it. And I wish teams would be better at building a team around their players, especially the great ones. Like, if you're just a, you know, a regular, you know, what's that guy? Tobias Harris, when he played right. in Orlando. Like, he's just a guy. Like, you couldn't build around him. Right. I get it. He's just a guy. But if you have Anthony Davis... You know, Kimball Walker, you got all these great players, and you can't build a playoff contender around them. It frustrates me. I'm not gonna lie. It's frustrating. Yeah. And a lot of people, I don't know why they do this loyalty thing in a business, but I think people oh, do forget that. that the that the NBA is a business and that you only as an athlete, you only have a few good years of body on you. Like everybody's not uh LeBron James who can play well into well, I think LeBron's been in the league what 17 years and he's he minimal injuries like he's still his body's still pretty good unfortunately he's with the lakers who won't be good anytime soon i give them another two seasons before they're even contenders me personally but everybody's not that everybody's not that guy so players cannot spend time with these teams based on loyalty or i'm going to give them the best years of my career oh you have to make the money for as long as you can because your body goes through regular wear and tear in an 82 game season it's grueling even out off off the court, the workouts, the travel, you have to do what you got to do now. And so, yeah, if Anthony Davis says, I'm not wasting any more time in New Orleans, who's out there for me? Then absolutely go and do what you got to do. There's no loyalty in the business. They're employees and employers at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and Anthony Davis has made his money. He's made some pretty good money in New Orleans. So exactly. if he wants to leave and go and play on a comp- competent team or play with competent players or – players on his level by god let him do it and i'm not uh, you'll, you'll never hear me say like oh i can't believe this guy wants to leave this team to you know take a pay cut to play with someone or to team up because at the end of the day that's that's what it's about man like that's you how you make your the, money your name yeah, you watch these these tnt pregame shows like they always they'll always bring up you know you know shack has five or check has four rings and you know barkley has zero you know that we don't we don't treat you know Dominique Wilkins the same as we do a player like Clyde Drexler. 
you know, even that Carmelo makes, means a lot. Yeah, Carmelo lot. came in the same draft class, but he's running with Dwayne Wade with LeBron James. But when we look at back at Carmelo Anthony's career, we could call him how prolific of a forward he was. We'll always remember Carmelo Anthony never won a ring, and he spent his time in New York chasing money and never chasing his full potential. We'll always remember Carmelo for that. Exactly. It's it's all about your priorities. You know, it's do you want to win and do you want to win or do you want to make money? And honestly, I won't, I'm, I'm not going to fault a player for making whatever choice they want to make. And right. like I said, Carmelo Anthony, first ballot Hall of Famer, shoe win. But there's a reason why he's not in the league anymore. Exactly. But but for him, he got his money. So he did. I feel like he can look in the mirror and say, like, yeah, I did the best that I could. And, yeah. and if and he's I, happy with and, the way that it ended, then that's it. Yeah, and Kobe Bryant kind of said it best when the the Lakers offered him that horrendous contract at the end of his career. He said that it's not his job to take a pay cut. Like, that's on the GM to offer him the right contract so they can go out and sign the right players. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's, if, the, if the GM offers Kobe a max contract when Kobe clearly is done, it's not on Kobe to be like, okay, I'm not going to accept this. I'm going to ask for a pay cut. It's on the GM to be responsible with the contracts that they're offering and right. to make that contract work to be able to get better players. It's not on Kobe Bryant. And now, which is kind of off topic, but the Lakers management is sorely suffering and it's crumbling in front of our faces. So, like, a yeah, lot of well, this is on management. I was going to say, the, the day the Lakers became a clown show was the day that Kobe Bryant signed that contract. Right. That was the moment right. where they became like, oh, we're just going to do things because... Uh, we like Kobe, and he's uh, he's been here for a long time. Oh, we're gonna hire Magic because we know Magic. Like that's when it kind of. Now we got through. Rob Palenka telling fake stories about Heath Ledger. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speak. Actually, speaking of fake, um, this game is in Toronto, and apparently, the number one super fan of the Toronto Raptors is Aubrey Graham, aka wow. Drake. This guy. Like the light skin liaison. <laughs> yeah, people are starting to compare him to like they're they're saying he's the modern day Spike Lee, and honestly, that shit is offensive, man. Like Spike right. Lee been rooting for the garbage ass Knicks forever. I was just gonna say that Spike Lee has put years into this. He's won orange and blue to every game, and the the Knicks haven't been good since. Freaking Patrick Ewan left. Like <laughs> they went on a playoff run in 2011, and that blew up. Like Spike Lee's put in the work. Drake doesn't get to be a Toronto fan when they've been in the playoffs for the last three, four seasons. That's not that's not how that works. Yeah, I, I didn't see uh, Drake on the sidelines when LeBron was beasting him every year, year after year. Like right. Le, Le, LeBronto was a thing. Like I didn't see Drake. I didn't hear from Drake or anything like that. And then to make things worse with Drake is he has a he has a tattoo of Steph Curry and Kevin Durant's numbers on his arm. Which is strange like, without the playoffs. Like, I, why? That doesn't make any sense to me. It's super strange. Like, his tat- his choice of tattoos make me uncomfortable. Like, he's got a Lil he tattoo. A Wayne tattoo? I think he has Lil Wayne's face tattooed on his, like, calf muscle or something. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's his body. It's his choice. I get it, but... It's still like it's kind of weird to me. Like, I'm just thinking, guys. like, if I was dating Drake and you roll over in the morning, you see Aaliyah's face on his back. Like, what do you do with that? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what you're supposed to do with that. You leave. 
<laughs> pretty much. But it, it, the thing with Drake that is uh, the annoying thing about Drake is that how he is acting during these games, I feel like he's like he's acting. Like he's doing that because he's no he knows he's gonna be on TV. And see, like people it. keep saying, let Drake be Drake. You know, if I was if I had a, a team from my hometown, I'd go just as hard. And it's like you could tell when when that type of carrying on is genuine. You could tell when Flocker goes to the Atlanta United games and he's having a blast. Like you could tell when Spike Lee's on the sidelines of a Knicks game and he's going through the emotions with a team that he really loves. But like you said, Drake, see, this is a performance for Drake. I wouldn't be surprised if he has an album. Like, I'm, if this is part of his album rollout. It might be. Drake is, at the core, Drake is a performer. We met Drake acting. Drake knows what to do to, to sway public opinion and public perception. So I absolutely, he might really love the Raptors, but I think more than anything, this is a performance. This is a distraction, a purposeful distraction. And while it looks cool on the sidelines and like, yeah, let Drake be Drake, at the end of the day, I think we all know that Drake's on a payroll and Drake has been put there to be a distraction and to be on TV. They've talked about Drake six times on Sports Center for what? He doesn't lace up and step on the court at any time, but Drake has become the focus of this playoffs in a, in a way. Exactly. And I don't honestly, I don't think he would be acting the way that he acts if he was watching this game at home. Absolutely like the way, not. The way Spike Lee acts, I feel like he acts like that at his house when he's going crazy on the sidelines. I feel like that's what he does at home, at the game. If he's at a restaurant, like it doesn't matter. Like Spike Lee legit cares about the Knicks because we've seen him doing it for a decade. For Drake, this is like your first time, your first year, you know, being the Toronto guy. So, And I guarantee if everybody was like, nah, we didn't see what Drake was doing, he would stop. If nobody was talking about it, we wouldn't. Drake would be mouse quiet on the sidelines, but it's because we see Drake, we know Drake. Drake's in the Dale Curry jersey. Oh, look at this guy dressed like Tupac on the sidelines. The spectacle. If no one, if everyone decided that they didn't care anymore, Drake would stop immediately. Drake does things for looks. Exactly. Honestly, the guy that they that they should be focused the camera on is the uh, the Middle Eastern guy. Oh, Nav, yeah. Like, yeah, that guy. Like he, like I, I when I watch Toronto games, regular season games, he's literally at every game. He's, he's a at fan. every game, same seed, same energy. And he's been doing that for years, years. So instead of putting on, you know, putting a camera on Johnny come lately, Drake, you know, let's focus on uh, the guy that's actually been supporting the team through a thick and thick and I'm thin. Just, I'm very interested to see Drake in, I don't know, three, four seasons if the if the Raptors say Kawhi doesn't decide to stay, the Raptors go back into a down, down season. Will we still see Drake? I'm unwilling to bet. We might see him, but not in this capacity. He might pull up to a game or two against a, a marquee matchup, but I don't think we'll see this Drake if the Raptors are uh, are barely hitting 50 games. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we all know the answer to that. He'll, he'll show up to, like, you know, when the Raptors go to Los Angeles. Right. He'll go to that game. He's like, if the if they lose uh, Kawhi and then they decide to just blow it up and trade, you know, Calgary and – you know, Siakam doesn't turn out to be the guy. Like Drake's out of here too. Just uh, like he's gonna treat him like his kid. Right. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of kids, <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of kids, um, we we this this topic was uh, discussed on a a lost episode that we had previously. So we're gonna talk about it again. 
Um, it's, it's essentially about the struggles that you know FIBA athletes has, have to go to go through. And uh, Allison Fox, who was a uh, track star for you know Team USA and runs the, in the Olympics, multiple time gold medal winner, you know, world champion. You probably wouldn't know her by name, but if you watch the Olympics and I showed you a picture of her, you would recognize her because she's been in the Olympics for a very long time. She's probably the most well-known uh, runner for the United States. The United States, and she's arguably one of our most, you know, decorated uh, Olympians outside of like Michael Phelps and uh, Simone Biles. But uh, she recently came out with an article for the uh, New York Times. I'll be sure to, to tweet it out so you can check it out uh, about her contract status with Nike. She's a Nike artist or Nike athlete. Sorry, I don't know why I said artist. She rapped. She's yeah. She's got a, she's got a new single coming out. But uh, apparently, Nike has offered her less money because she had a baby, or she's had a, another child. And uh, I'll, I'll read a uh, a part of the the article that she wrote. Meanwhile, negotiations were not going well. Despite all my victories, Nike wanted to pay me 70% less than before. If that's what they think I'm worth, I accept that. What I'm not willing to accept is the enduring status quo around maternity. I asked Nike to contractually guarantee that I wouldn't be punished if I didn't perform at my best in the months surrounding childbirth. I wanted to set a new standard. If I, one of Nike's most widely marketed athletes, couldn't secure these protections, who could? Nike declined. We've been at a standstill ever since. When I read the article, that was the uh, the part that stood out to me a lot, that the idea that one of Nike's most popular uh, female athletes was not able to garner maternity protections. Like, it, if you know anybody that's had a baby or if you've had a baby, you know that it's it takes time for your body to recover, especially as an athlete. You know, it takes you're growing a baby inside of you and then you're pushing it out like you can't just roll out of bed the next day and, you know, run the 400 meters. It, it doesn't work that way. Um, what, what what do you think about uh, what Nike is doing here? I find it odd, and we talked about this before, like you said, I find it odd that Nike is a company that champions diversity, that champions the everyday person, that champions the differences between us, that champions women, um, would have this going on behind closed doors. Like you said, the female body, of course, any, if you can have a kid and you grow a kid inside of you, it's not the same. That doesn't make it worse, but you you have a different body for a long time. Some women longer than others. Even Serena Williams had a baby. She almost died. Or There's times when your abdomen can separate and your body's not quite right again. So I don't understand how Nike, a, a, a client or a, a company that spends so much time championing people or championing women especially can, can decide, oh, well, we're just not going to pay you because of pregnancy and it's unfortunate that women are punished because of pregnancy we're the people that give life that help to give life and, and make sure that life comes through and we're punished for doing just that it's unfortunate i i don't know that that makes me look at nike some kind of way yeah it, it's 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 odd because you know uh you you mentioned serena williams and 
since uh, giving birth, I don't think she's won a major or a tournament or anything like that, has she? I think she just won a match not too long ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. Not exactly right. sure where, but I think she just won one. Okay, so it's it's the thing where you, it's gonna take some time for Serena to get back to Serena level, you know, like to that elite status. And there's there's a possibility that she might not make it to that. And I think what Allison is, Allison Fox is trying to get, get at is, if you're a premier athlete, you're the face of a, of a, of a, a brand, and you have a child, you shouldn't be punished financially if it takes you a while to get back to that status, if it takes you a while to get back to being, you know, your regular self, to being great, to winning, you know, championships or winning races, like it, it's going to take some time. And then, you know, it's, I watched a, a documentary on Netflix called uh, Things Explained. And uh, one of the things that they explained was the, difference between the pay gap between men and women and for the most part what I, what I used to think was that men and women would get hired for the same job with the same qualifications the same resumes and all that and the bosses would just look and say hey we're gonna hire both these people but we're gonna pay the man more money because he's a man that's what I used to think mm -hmm. but I, I didn't know but I, based on what this documentary explained to me is that they hire the man and the woman, same pay rate, same, you know, they have the same qualifications, they get the same entry position, they get the same opportunities, and they both at the same time ascend in the company as someone in their positions would do. But after a certain amount of time, a woman gets pregnant. During her pregnancy, she might not be able to work as much. She might not be able to show up on time for everything because maybe she has a doctor's appointment, maybe she has an ultrasound, maybe she's having things, complications. So while she's doing that and not working as much, the man who maybe his wife is pregnant at home, he can continue to show up for work every day. He doesn't have to miss time. He doesn't have to go to those doctor's appointments. He doesn't have to take off work because he has a, a back pain or anything like that. You know, if the woman gives birth, she's down for, you know, if she has a C-section, she could be down for a week, maybe two, you know? Uh, there could be a, a tearing, there could be swelling, there could be complications. So at that point, that woman is missing more time because she had a baby and she's not able to ascend in that workforce. So in turn, she's not getting those pay raises like that man is getting. He's ascending, he's continuing to move up because he, like, at the end of the day, when a woman gets pregnant, and this is, I mean, I'm not, we're not going to talk about the whole, you know, abortion, pro-life, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when a woman gets pregnant, that literally has no effect on a man because a man can just walk away and it doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything about what that woman goes through. Yeah, I just, and see, I understand if she's like missing time. And so I just, to me, okay, so athletes get hurt all the time. I think about football. Where or Carl, I'll take Carl Anthony Towns. Carl, if you in the NBA, if you make one of the All NBA teams, you have an incentive in your contract where you get more money. So I'm wondering why Nike doesn't employ that same type of thinking to where, yeah, we know your body is a little bit different right now. You're not in tip top shape. You're not performing as much right now. So here's an incentive in your contract. You get back to to working shape. You do this. You do that. Then we're right back to where we started in terms of contract 
um, negotiations, not negotiations, but contract terms, and maybe even a little bit more, but to outright say you're going to make 70% less because you decided to take time and be a mom, that's weird. Because at, if she was to say, oh, I'm not going to be a mom because of my 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 desire to be a champion and my desire to do this, then she's also stigmatized in society for deciding, oh, she doesn't want to be a mom. So which is it? Are we punishing women for being mothers or are we helping them <laughs> continue to make strides in the workplace? I, you can't you can't have both. It's 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 tricky. It shouldn't be. But honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like all she's doing is asking Nike to honor their contract with her. Like if they give her a contract, they're like, hey, you know, if you do this, this and this or if you uh, we, we're going to pay you this much to, to represent our brand. If I happen to get pregnant within that time, I feel like there should be some sort of protections for that. And like like you said, it's literally you're giving life. Like it's it's natural. It's part of life, you know. So uh, speaking of man, I'm on it with transitions today. Hey. Uh, speaking of women who are having babies that are losing money, essentially for having babies, uh, Cardi B she Damn. had a. a, a <laughs> a bit of an, an issue she's lost according to her she's lost millions of dollars because she has had to take time off physically because after she had her baby she got uh her breast redone and then she got a, she got liposuction like a tummy tuck or something like that and the doctor told her hey you need to take some time off for your body to recover and Cardi B was just like, no, I'm going to continue to work. I'm going to continue, continue to do shows and do this and that. And apparently that all caught up to her and she physically was unable to perform. So now she's, you know, she went on Instagram live and was, you know, complaining about how she's missing shows and she needs to take better care of her health. And um, I guess someone said something about her, you know, because she, she did say health is wealth while she was on that uh, mm -hmm. Instagram live. And I guess someone... I don't want to say they called her out on it, but they did say uh, something about where well, you got liposuction, stuff like that. And, and Cardi was, she said, I do whatever the fuck I want to do with my body. I don't have time. I don't have the time of day like you do. My job as an entertainer is a 24 hour job. So no, I don't have time to work out. I want specific things that I know that no matter how much I work out won't get fixed that there's a, there's a lot there with that with that statement and the way that she she feels about herself the way she feels that we want her to be seen and how tough it is in this industry in the entertainment industry for uh for women um I will I will let you uh go first on this one I think, you know what? It's the snapback culture cuz sometimes I think about it I'm like, dang, if I ever get pregnant, will I like look like myself now again like what will I look like afterwards um it's snapback culture like everybody's like oh i'm gonna have my baby and be snatched everybody not gonna be tiana taylor like <laughs> tiana taylor had a baby and three days later was back to having abs i don't have abs to begin with so that my body insanity that was like, insanity and that's a woman who but she works out like tiana taylor wasn't she wasn't a slouch like tiana taylor was in the gym she does she said she doesn't do traditional workouts she dances but dancing takes a lot out of your body. Like it, that's a lot of muscle work and a lot of cardio. So it was understandable for her to snap back or somebody like Lyra Galore who said, oh, I just had my baby two, I think she said she was two weeks postpartum and her stomach was back to being flat. 
those are like anomalies. And people like to, when Cardi did all that on live, which I'll get to Cardi in a moment, but people were comparing her to Beyonce and saying how Beyonce, oh, she had twins and she went back to soul cycling and, and rehearsing 16 hours a day. But then they missed the other part of homecoming where Beyonce said, I did all of that and I'm here at the top of the mountaintop. And I realized, man, I put a lot of stress on my body and I'm never going to do that again. So there's that this, un- that there's is, this that's a good point. I remember that. <laughs> there's this unrealistic expectation for women to go right back to the body they had before they had kids. And again, there's there's such a traumatic stress on the body from gestating an entire human. Like you just had a person, a person with 10 toes and fingers and eyes and a nose. Like you had a person. Your body's not gonna be the same right afterwards. And I really wish that Cardi one would have taken her doctor's advice to take some time off, to enjoy her baby, to enjoy her new body. It's a new body that you should love. And if you decide you want to change it later on after you've recovered, then by all means, change it after you've recovered. But just take some time to look. I say that as a person who's not a mom. So maybe this sounds cheesy and like far-fetched and there are people that are listening like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. But I I would hope that women would, would be more encouraged to like love their new body and spend time with this new body instead of running to go and change it. Now, for Cardi, your job is an entertainer, but you're not being an entertainer every day. So there are times, and you don't always have to work out. There are little changes you can start with. Let's change your diet. Then maybe we can work in 30 minutes of cardio, just like some some practice time, some dance moves time. You're burning calories. Um, so to say that, ah, I don't have the time of day like you guys to go work out, I don't think that's entirely true. I think you make time for the things you want to make time for. And plastic surgery is an easy fix. I want a new butt. I'm going to get a new one. Like, I want perkier boobs. I'm just going to get a new one. So I don't know if it's more I don't have the time or I just don't have the patience to wait. Yeah, the uh, the snapback snap back culture is a thing that it's, a, I, in my opinion, as a, you know, as a man, as someone who doesn't have kids or, that, or I have kids, I don't have the ability to have kids it's it puts a lot of pressure on women to get back into it like the snapback culture instagram doing all this stuff like there's a there's a lot of pressure on women that us as men don't have to deal with like no one no one is looking at offset saying like hey is he in shape what does he look like with his shirt off you know no one looks at jay-z and be like hey he's kind of not athletic like rick ross you know he's he's losing weight but his weight was never an issue for him coming up. And even it's in, never- it's, I think it's a lot of her genre thing too, because women in rap are expected to be very sexy, very alluring because you're in a, a male dominated space. So you gotta have the biggest butt, you gotta have the biggest titties. Like you just, and your rap, you gotta be tight rap wise. Like you just have to look good. Like Megan the Stallion, you have to be naturally beautiful. This woman is naturally curvy. And unfortunately not all women look like that because nobody's asking, uh, you know, NDRE, what you look like under that that skirt? Like, what's it looking like underneath those those dresses? So, I, unfortunately, women have to deal with a lot outside of snapback culture, just in our physical appearance. We always have to be the most beautiful and dainty, but also aggressive and strong. And there's a lot to have to deal with. I see. And Cardi, unfortunately, seems like she's um, been given into that. Even, I mean, from the start of her career, she's a uh, very much like I care what people think about me. And if you don't like what I'm doing, that I'm gonna address you personally instead of just being Cardi. Like she's rich, she makes 
don't say she makes great music. She for somebody, I'm sure she makes great music. But you know, she's she's a uh, up in she's a rising star. Like she has much more to focus on than whether or not somebody agrees with her getting plastic surgery after she had a baby. For sure. I mean, and, and she said that like uh, before when I think someone asked her why she got her butt did. Like when she was a stripper, she noticed that everybody else that was getting a lot of money had bigger asses, and she did. Right. So she went and got hers done, and it was able to, you know, take her to the next level. And I mean, if if you work in, in the you know, strip club industry, obviously that's that's different. Like your mm-hmm. physical appearance is what's going to make you money. But like you said, if you're a rapper, a singer, like the way you look, it shouldn't be the end all be all. Like it shouldn't be a thing where you have to change your appearances to be able to, you know, be somewhat popular to to be noticed. Your your work should you know, stand out or speak for you in, in a sense. And I mean, unless you're, unless you're, uh, you know, a man that's playing like a superhero, like the way you physically look really doesn't matter. And even Not if you even have a like relationship. Little, nah, I mean, if you have like a little bit of a gut, people think it's charming. Like, oh, he's, he's so relaxed. He's, you know, he can, he's confident enough to go out with his, you know, without a shirt on, even while looking like that. It's just, women would not get the same you know type of uh, leeway and the only ones that do the only time we i don't even want to say we appreciate it but like if you think of someone like uh what's that woman's name uh megan not uh, melissa mccarthy oh yeah, yeah like she's she's a, a big woman and she's she accepts that but we as a as a society as people that watch her movies or tv shows we make fun of that. Like the right. joke with her is the and she's fat. Like those a lot of her jokes don't work if she's skinny. Like if right. you if you replace Melissa McCarthy in every movie she's ever been in and you put in Scarlett Johansson, those jokes don't work. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of the jokes are like, oh, it's because she's fat that this is funny. Right. Yeah. Being the chunky girl, trust me, I know middle school was a tough time. Being the chunky girl is oh, yeah. very yeah. much uh sentencing you to a life of comic relief. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> you are always the joke. If you are not the joke, then you better be the one making the joke. And and you better make sure that you're the one making the joke about yourself before somebody else makes the joke. So even with Lizzo, Lizzo was on uh, The Breakfast Club talking to Charlemagne. Charlemagne says, oh, you would look stupid if you were skinny. And I'm like, why would you, what made well, you that's, feel? I don't know. I don't know why people go on that show anyway. Like, still stop with the breakfast. Oh, hold, that's Jesus another Christ, conversation. Totally. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have you on to get on that because I'm, I'm sick of that. Like, get out of here. It's just people feel very entitled to women's bodies and the way that women, there's a, a very clear standard of the way that women should look. And if you don't fit into those parameters, then you are unfortunately potentially hurting your earning potential. So, if you want to make money, then you got to succumb to the industry standard of how your body and, and things should look. Yeah, and, and if I'm uh, Cardi B's manager and we're having, like, you know, she's just had a baby and the doc- and I'm with her and the doctor's telling her, hey, you need to take some time off for your body to recover. And Cardi's like, no, I want to continue to work because I don't want to miss this money. I'm looking at her like, yo, there are plenty of opportunities for you to get out here and make money without physically uh, putting strain on your body. Like, you can do these, you can do baby commercials. People like people love Cardi B. Like Cardi B right now is America's sweetheart, whether you like it or not. She is America's sweetheart. So you can 
Put Cardi B in a diaper commercial. Put Cardi B in a baby food commercial, bottle commercials, whatever. They will pay, like, as, as a parent that has to shop for baby stuff, baby stuff is a racket. Parents will pay whatever for that, well, for whatever they feel is a top-notch thing. Mm-hmm. If they say if the, if they see a commercial with Cardi B pushing this five thousand dollars stroller, guess who's going to be out there buying a five thousand dollars stroller? Those soccer moms. They're going to get that. Make some money that way. Getting these car commercials, these SUVs, minivan commercials. Do a um, you could do a documentary, documenting documenting your journey as a mother. The the birthing process, you're speaking to doctors uh, after, postpartum, like talk about this stuff because people want to see this and people will pay to show it. Like if there's a documentary about what Cardi B went through after having a baby and what it's like for her being a new mom and all this stuff, people will watch that. That generates revenue. Like you don't have to go out there and burn your body down to the ground like Beyonce said, like she did that and she said she'd never do it again. Right. So, I mean, and, and this isn't just, you know, specifically about just Cardi B. Like this is something that, like we said, all women go through because they see, you know, Tiana Taylor on a magazine or on mm-hmm. Instagram. They see women with, you know, fake bodies saying like, oh, I had a baby two weeks ago and now I look like this. Right. Like, you know, it's it, it's it's tough. And. And it's something that I, as a man, would never have to go through, but it, we we just gotta. And I think for gotta... Cardi uh, specifically, it just uh, unfortunately is very telling on how she sees herself uh, as a person. And I don't know. I just would hope that if there is some type of self-esteem issue or some type of body issue, that she knows that like Cardi's a pretty girl. Cardi, she she's a pretty girl. I mean. She doesn't have to force herself into society, especially now that where she is her her career. I I personally, if I was part of her management, also would have advised her to, to okay, let's let's play with this until you feel better. Let's first take your time off for your baby. You don't have to tour nonstop. Like I, I feel like you made enough to maybe take a little break. Um, and then let's let's play with this. Let's play up being a mom. Let's let's get into some target deals. Let's see what we can work out with Oshkosh, Pegasus, or whoever does children's stuff. Let's see what we can do. Let's play up being a mom. And let's do it for as long as we can until you feel comfortable to get back out there. Like there's other, there's ways to do it, especially in Cardi's position. But for other women, it may not be in that same position. So I don't know. I hope, exactly. I, I always say, I want Cardi to put the phone down and I want Cardi to just be um, secure in herself. She seems very insecure in herself to where she has to keep explaining things to people. I want Cardi to be Cardi. And to be like, look, you either gonna listen to Invasion of, of Privacy or whatever new song she just put out, you're gonna stream press, or you're not. And I'm gonna be Cardi and I'm gonna keep making Cardi's money. And it, it doesn't matter whether or not you think I should have got a tummy tuck after I had my baby. I did. That's what I'm gonna do. Exactly. It's a lot. It's, there's a lot of things going on there. And w- one more thing, we're gonna, you know, wrap up after this. Uh, it's just funny seeing people, you know, saying like, oh, how do you, you know, because she was saying that she doesn't have time to go to the gym. It's just funny because as a country, we're one of the most out of shape countries right. in the world. Like, like nigga, it's I just, don't it's, have time it, to go to the gym. So <laughs> she might not. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just funny to hear that where it's just like people, people who don't regularly work out telling someone else to work out. Like, well, you should do it the natural way. Like, do you work out? Like, if you don't work right. out like four to five times a week, I feel like you're 
you commenting on what Cardi B should be doing at the gym is invalid. Like, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> Look, I've learned my lesson from telling people to, to work out because I don't work out, and I wish I did. I'd love to be able to go to the gym four to five times a week, have a regimen, have some uh, – some some good eating practices, but I don't always have that time, especially not when I was in school and working. Like I'd leave my apartment at 7 30, 8 o'clock in the morning and not return till 8 o'clock. Like when am I supposed to work out between then? So like, yeah, I'm not, I'm never gonna be like Cardi, you shouldn't have got a boob job. Girl, get your boob job. You can afford it. If that makes you feel better about yourself, then do it. I just want you to do it because you want to do it and not because you feel like you have to look like a certain person or have a certain body type. Exactly. It's for entertainers, it also applies to, to men also because allegedly Drake got a fake abs put in, uh, Kanye West got liposuction, and it's just like, yeah, it's that it's that pressure of being, you know, trying to be on top and to be, you know, you always feel like you're being watched and you got to be seen, you got to put on a great face. And I, I thought it was pretty, it was pretty brave of uh, Beyonce when she, you know, did the, the homecoming uh, DVD to kind of show like you could look at it like when what i see uh beyonce working out like you know when she first got into the gym and stuff like that like i was like oh she looks fine but she you know beyonce probably like oh what well, i don't i don't look like the beyonce that i want to look like i'm not when when people look at beyonce they kind of expect perfection from her or that maybe that's what she feels and i i thought it was really brave for her to be able to put herself out there knowing that in her mind she didn't look uh, her best, and I, I think that's we, we we probably need a little bit more of that instead of you know the the Cardi B saying like oh well, I just I'm just gonna get surgery and get back out here to, to do it right, especially with Beyonce's stature. Her to be honest and be like hey I did all of this, like I'm kind of I kind of wish I was at home with my kids. Like I think it, that was that was a powerful statement. Yeah. So the last thing we're gonna talk about, and this is probably. The most important thing that we'll talk about here. Oh, I've been waiting. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, if you're in the DC area around August 9th through the 13th, there is a dick sucking contest going on. It is hashtag suck off 2019. There, there is <laughs> there there are cash prizes. Uh, the the pot starts off at twenty five hundred dollars, twenty five hundred thousand, two thousand five hundred dollars. I don't know what's going on right now. I need to stop watching this game. But <laughs> twenty five hundred dollars uh, is what they're starting at, and cash prizes, uh, first place, second place, third pl- third place. Uh, it's presented by Z A Monster. I don't know what that is or who that is, but if you're looking for info on it. You can email them at suckoff2019202 at gmail.com. You know what? Maybe you have I will. To send us a, a submission tape? I mean, possibly. I mean, just really see if you're about it. I mean, honestly, I think I'm going to email them. I'm going to see if I can get them on the show, see if they want to talk about it, kind of promote this, because this is this is big. Like, for for women, I'm, I'm assuming it's for women, but, I mean, we're, we're sex positive. It doesn't here, say. So if a man wants to go over there and show their skills, like they should be compensated it just says for that. Best throat. Throats it are on all types that. of people. It it does say that. So I'm gonna you know what? Let's I'm gonna start calling some people out. Who 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 are the women of the the that are out here? Like we can get gift queen out there. I was just about get... to say I heard. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I hear the things. 
<laughs> word on the street, word on the street, gift got, that, got that fire. I think she you should know, email. <laughs> get uh, get get Slim Bell out there. Maybe get Amber out there. I don't know. Uh, the the ladies from the Sports and Bullshit podcast. Like let's let's get someone from from that that fucks with us to go up to that and you know represent for the crew. I'm Put managing talent. Team. Whoever's looking for a talent manager, I'm with you. We can get up to DC <laughs> and let's get this twenty five hundred dollar pot. Let's do it. You don't let's even got to split way. it with me evenly. I'll do. Let's do ninety five five. I just want to go. Big facts. Big facts. You know, what? I, you know, I'm gonna email. I'm gonna email them because I want to know. I want to know uh, if they'll if we can get these guys on or whoever's behind this. If we can get them on the show, that'd be crazy. This slick reminds me, I'm kind of telling on myself, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. <laughs> this reminds me of high school where like <laughs> people would do oh. this. I went to a prom party and I was like, whoa, so is this what, is this what we're doing here? I'm not going to say the high school because then it starts identifying people. But if, if you know, if you know, so <laughs> if you 2012, know, you know. 2012 was a wild year. <laughs> Yeah, so to everybody, get your submission tapes ready so we can uh, we'll send it off to uh, to these people and hopefully we'll uh, we'll get you guys on. Um, but I think we're gonna end it right there. So uh, once again, I, I appreciate you coming on to to chop it up with us as always. Um, you can check us out on the uh, Kids Wear Crowns podcast collective. We're there. Uh, you can check out you know Reduce Lunch podcast, Interstellar, Sports and Bullshit. Uh, Drink Trill Tea, follow uh, Street Wolf. Uh, he does the uh, the production for the most part. Um, uh, I'd like to give a, a special shout out to uh, the one KJ, the Dallas kid, who is now 18 years old. He's now a grown man out here. Ooh, you can buy cigarettes so, and lottery tickets. Exactly. I told him to smoke his cigarette while he's voting. There you go. So make sure you That's guys That's America know, uh, right there. <laughs> go give him a follow you know wish him a happy birthday send him some feet pics or whatever and uh oh, wait a minute that's 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 really all i got so you got anything no just uh you know shout out to all the people that are doing school school sucks i always you know i'm finally free of the oppression of you know a white dominated system that was trying to hold me down graduated on may the 7th so we're finally done with that now I'm just trying to get into another system called adulthood where you have to work. Uh, so that's pretty much it. All right. So I will say all the stuff that I was saying about the Warriors at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, they went on a they went on a nice little run before <laughs> halftime and a nice little run to open the third quarter. Yeah. It is 72 to 59 Golden exactly. State. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can go ahead and just fast forward through. I know they all just end all that stuff. <laughs> they corrected the ship. Who's Kevin Durant? Yeah. Don't need that guy. <laughs> don't need Kevin Durant anymore. This is what's gonna happen. Like Steph Curry is bowling out of control. So, anyways, this is the uh, the community podcast. We out. Peace. Bye. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ryan McLaughlin from Don't Call This a Podcast, here to thank you for rocking with the thekidswearcrowns.com and our podcast collective. If you're liking what you hear, do us a favor and check out the website, thekidswearcrowns.com. We've got a plethora of content for you, articles, TV and movie reviews, playlists, and a collective of podcasts, which includes Don't Call This a Podcast, Sturdy Show Presents the Barbershop Podcast, Two Dope Smarks, The Committee Podcast, Pretty Petty Politics, and We Bring in Love Back. We've also got a brand new webcast called Politics as Usual, 
hosted by Ron and AJ. So be sure to go to thekidswearcrowns.com, subscribe if you like what you see, and follow us on Twitter at the KWC blog.